0: No, go ahead. Well, uh, no, please. Uh, do no, it, do it. What? 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 Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Comedy Film Nerds episode 427. Uh, and it's being recorded uh, in a very unique way. We have, normally we have him in the studio, but it was a scheduling thing, partially because of me and his schedule, because he comes in from New York just for Comic Con. Um, and now that we're.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Craig Shoemaker. Craig Sh- <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: uh No, the. Um, the Kung Fu film um, expert, Rick Myers, is here.
1: We always love doing the show every single year with Rick. Um, always some great insight into Asian cinema. Yes. And uh, today will be no exception. He's Skyping in as he's walking to his hotel. Yep.
0: He's in downtown San Diego, walking around, probably uh, in the Gas Lamp District. Rick, can they you hear us building, right now?
2: They are building the entire San Diego Comic Con around me. Even as we speak.
0: Oh, excellent.
1: Very cool. Nice. Are you talking about the activations? They call it. They're building the activations.
2: They're building everything. There's going to be so many carnivals and special events all around the city. You know, it's not even really important to come into the Comic-Con this year because you can have an amazing time all around San Diego without a badge.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. And that's one of the things you've talked about. They actually started doing several years ago when everyone was worried. Oh, they've outgrown the convention floor. Then the city of San Diego sort of gave the convention access to all these other areas within the city that are close, like Petco Field and the parks and Yeah,
1: Petco Park. That that big area is always has uh, you know bouncy houses and yeah. all sorts of uh, different things there food trucks and uh, all sorts of stuff. All you got to do is walk from the convention center over the bridge and you're there. Um, So, uh, so Rick, let's get uh, right into it. Um, (laughs) Superhero comic con. um, Kung fu extravaganza.
2: Yes, please allow me the San Diego comic con superhero kung fu extravaganza now in its 21st year. Wow. Yeah, I'm I, yeah, I'm feeling it. You can see it in my beard. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's rapidly becoming more. It used to be more kung fu than superhero. Now it's rapidly becoming more superhero than kung fu. I mean, in a previous uh, one of your podcasts, you you mentioned that you had to ask me about what China's doing in terms of their films. And yeah, they're they're pretty much adamant about getting rid of kung fu. Really, Really it's yeah. Uh, uh, Well, at this point, they're kind of adamant about getting rid of anything that's successful. (laughs) Recently, they had a they had they replaced a lot of people in the film bureau with people from the propaganda bureau. And the first decree, amongst the first decrees, was the announcement that no film should glorify war or weapons. And this is like. A week or two, or a month or two after the most successful movies in Chinese history, were Operation. Uh, uh, what is, I was going to say Operation Middle Earth. It's not. It's not Operation Middle Earth. It's uh, Kung
1: Fu it's, Hobbits? It's,
2: it's Wolf. Yeah, that's right. It's Wolf Warrior Two was was the big militarized thing, and then Operation Red Sea, was uh, the, uh, the second largest grossing movie in Chinese history. But both of them were huge war clips. And, and you saw the clips that I showed at the extravaganza, uh, which were pretty glor- pretty full of glorifying war and weapons. But no more.
1: But what's, what's the reason for that?
0: Yeah, obviously this is a political move. W- what do you think is motivating it?
2: Well, it, uh, virtually, if you study any Chinese history at all, at least if I study any Chinese history at all, I discover that basically... They see their role in the world as controlling their 2 billion people. They don't want Kung Fu because Kung Fu unavoidably opens people's minds. So they much rather concentrate on Wushu, where the main objective is to follow orders. Mm. And in the case of this new one, I mean, you saw in those scenes, it, it, it elicits a lot of emotions. And I think they're like overprotective parents and they don't want the kids to get excited too much ah cuz you know they don't they don't really care about how much money the producers make they're more interested in making sure that they have as harmonious a overpopulated and polluted country as they can as they can manage and the, that sounds uh, like America. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh no! I'm telling you, my friend. I know. I know. That's an easy. That's an easy shot to take. But spend spend a couple of months in China as I have, and you will see that. Yeah. No. it's So. Different. So
1: one of the uh, one of the mandates that's being uh, handed down is that um, is it to replace the martial arts kung fu, with wushu? In oh no! Films? They would
2: never. They would never be that obvious. They would never say anything like that. They would just they just made it known to the people who like kung fu and make kung fu and are kung fu artists that it might not be the best thing for them to, to put in their new film. But they would never make an official... So they're just making
1: suggestions. <laughs> no, they're doing both.
2: <laughs> As I've always said, imagine working with a studio, but also working with a government right and right and you do both at the same time and they, and any either of them can come in and make any suggestion at any time and often do
0: so now how has this affected this this slate of movies that you know we uh talked are talking about at comic-con and that are coming out like how tell us like in start bringing up some films and and Show us, uh, or at least give us your opinion in terms of what you think motivated the making of this movie.
2: (laughs) Well, everyone responds, every filmmaker is, no matter what you may think of that filmmaker and their work, they're creative. They do, they, they have to, they unavoidably pour their own heart and soul into whatever they're doing. And so just like a chef, you can you can I can usually tell the difference between a chef who's happy and a chef who's not happy. You can you can taste it in the food, right? And you can see it in the movies too. So here we have a lot of filmmakers who used to be free in Hong Kong, to to be as creative as they wanted to be and artistic as they want to be, and they can't anymore. And it it reflects if there's one word I think you could use for the clips I showed in this year's extravaganza. I think that word would be brutal, um. it's just they are unhappy campers, and they're lashing out like uh, children having a tantrum, which kind of like backs up China's attitude and approach of uh, like parents trying to control their kids right now everybody calm down, come on, be nice, mm-hmm. be patriotic,
1: mm-hmm. And then the, um, the kind of rebellion to that comes through in the work.
2: Oh, yeah, well, like I said, you know, the, the brutality of the, of the scenes I showed, even, even the most pure Kung Fu, which is a movie, I think, uh, called Paradox, which uh, Samuel Hung choreographed, some very clever choreography, but it, it degenerates into real uncomfortable brutality. And I think the filmmakers. Let's uh, for for the for the let's uh, do this while we can.
1: For the listeners that haven't um, seen the actual clips, like when you say that, give us an example of like um, it's starting off choreographed then going into brutality. Mm -hmm. Just get like a specific example.
2: Well, well, in paradox, it's really paradox is is a nominal sequel to a a movie called Chapo Long or Kill Zone, and the last Kill Zone, which I showed a clip from the previous year. Involved a a bunch of high-powered government and businessmen uh, kidnapping innocent children and young people to harvest their organs. Oh
1: my God!
2: And, I remember yeah, that. and the new and the new one is all about the great uh, Louis Koo, a wonderful, uh, emotional, evocative actor whose daughter has been abducted and used to <laughs> have an unwilling heart transplant. With a top official, and he spends the entire movie trying to find her, find out what happens to her, and and ultimately to try to take vengeance for her extremely ignominious end. And at the end of the movie, he has this, which I showed at the uh, uh, the, at the extravaganza. He takes on everybody, and he's just a normal father, but he's suddenly imbued with with uh, mad passion. And as usual for this kind of film, there's a villain who just seemingly cannot be killed. And he winds up going by our hero and planting a loading hook into his, what is it, ankle and dragging him along behind the uh, motorcycle. Yeah. As he screams in pain. Wow. Yes. One once, once scene not forgotten. And <laughs> it goes on for a while.
0: And not a lot of kung fu in that
2: scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, just before that happens, yes. But of course, again, there's more martial arts really than there is kung fu. Kung fu is open heart, open mind, open head. Well, technically, this and.
1: sounds like it was open heart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was open ankle. Yeah. <laughs> certain, but didn't they, the daughter, d- didn't they
1: take the daughter's heart? Oh,
2: they did. They did. And. And as I mentioned at the
1: show... Maybe that was after, a metaphor for Kung Fu.
2: Well, quite possibly. Very <laughs> true. But what I loved is that the, the, the comment I made after we showed this, you know, brutal, brutalizing, beaten-up sequence, and I said, and the movie's not over. The hero goes to the governor's mansion after that scene is over and shoots, shoots the governor, then shoots himself. Oh, my God. Now that's a metaphor for what's happening uh, in right. the Chinese mm-hmm. film community at the moment. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. so then So there's so there's paradox, which, as you said, you know, was uh, kind of a remake of Kill Zone. What are some? Well, it's a sequel. A sequel. It's a sequel. Oh, okay, it's a sequel. Yeah,
2: it's oh. a sequel. But you know, we had Operation Red Sea. We had uh, Wu Jing. But I also showed, if you recall, some of the more the Wu Sha, Wu Shu is martial arts. Wu Sha. It's like Chinese version of the Marvel cinematic universe or the DC cinematic universe. It takes place in a in a land they call Jianghu, which means the martial art world, and they all have costumes, uh-huh. and they all have specific weapons, and they and, and they all fly through the air like superheroes. Wire so wire that, work. Yeah, wire work, but not so much not so much wire anymore. Now it's digital. It's oh digital okay. work. Mm-hmm. So it works a little better. And also, as you saw in this in this movie, which is called The Thousand Faces of Dunjia, uh, it's directed by Yun-Wu-Ping, one of the great uh, kung fu uh, choreographers of all time. And he, there's a lot of things that you can see between the lines. You can see the elegance of the movement, even digitally. Because he, is, he, he has a great love of kung fu and has always done magnificent kung fu. Choreographing for Jackie Chan and for Jet Li and for everybody, he's worked with everybody. I mean, he did The Matrix, he did uh, Charlie's Angels. So yeah, it's it's some elegant stuff, but it it falls flat on the Chinese audience because most of the Chinese audience, just like audiences all over the world, are young people looking for a place where they can go on a date. Right. And since and since China has something along the lines of fifty thousand movie theaters. They just have to feed the beast. It really doesn't matter to many of the audiences, it seems, what they feed the beast with. Right. It's just, we can go have a good time. It's going to be very colorful. Well, like I said, I mean, the movies generally break down into two categories, which I call Eats, E-A-T-S. So
1: it's like a a communist version of Marshall McLuhan. The medium is the message.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wish. Um, eats, Eats means everything and the kitchen sink. Not mm-hmm. just everything, but the kitchen sink. In these Chinese movies, they put in everything, mm-hmm. just to sort of visually dazzle, visually visually dazzling, but mentally not so much. And then the other ones are not exactly propaganda, which is NAP. Nap. These are nap films, not absolutely propaganda,
1: mm-hmm, but close.
2: Because, yeah, well, uh, you know, Wolf Warrior Two, the most successful movie in in their history, was a was very clearly propaganda. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, well Rick, we're gonna take a quick break and uh do a uh, an ad read. We have ZipRecruiter this uh this week with you. Uh Yay! you know, if you're hiring so maybe you wanna hire a kung fu artist. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Or maybe a beard assistant. Yes. You might uh Um, every business needs great people, and what better way to find them? Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right person to see it. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. So It's one of those things where why uh, do all these job postings and Job boards. When you can do ZipRecruiter and do them all at once,
0: it's one of these great services that if you are, we talk about this a lot. A lot of you run your own businesses, you're self-employed, and you don't have the big staff and the resources to go through all this. You can't afford some big headhunter to find you the right position for you. Oh. ZipRecruiter is a great tool to just get. If you have like an under ten person <laughs> uh, company. And, and it's great because then you're not, you know, you don't want to just get stuck with, like, a free intern that you just, you know, you can't fire, you know. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm uh, right here, guys. Oh, so, oh, I'm sorry, Aaron. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were listening. I'm
1: so, um, but we're not going to let you pay full price. Right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. dot ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN ziprecruiter.com slash cfn
0: great way to support the show guys is to if you're any of these advertisers or companies that you might use use our you know the custom url use the coupon code code, all that stuff they track that it's a great way to support the show
1: yep so ziprecruiter the smartest way to hire but we also have some patreon sponsors another great
0: way to support the show
1: yes julie johnny rulon is promoting his novel green cheek a junkie's guide to street magic it's available on amazon both digital and hard copy it is an experimental stream of consciousness novel which follows the exploits of the Muse Calliope and our mortal lover, T.S., on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. That's happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And our favorite charity, the Audacity Performing Arts Project, which produces after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and the lowest performing schools. Performing arts education is not a luxury. Please visit them at cfn.audacityperformingarts.org. That's cfn.audacityperformingarts.org. So, uh, Rick, we want to get into um, some, you know, we saw some uh, great movies and clips at the uh, extravaganza. But what American films are coming out that uh, kind of explore kung fu or show a good version of kung fu? Are there anything on the the horizon?
2: Oh, absolutely. That's uh, the most the most successful movies in in America now are all about the kung fu, and those are the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. the and and in in the case of the one DC. I mean, there's massive, there's obvious kung fu in Wonder Woman, and Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man: Homecoming, and virtually all of there's a moment in each one of these movies where a character chooses how they're going to approach a conflict. And invariably, in terms of uh, Doctor Strange and Wonder Woman, they choose the highest form of kung fu possible. In the case of Wonder Woman, she literally on screen announces the words, I choose love, at which point she crosses her wrists and energy comes out of her, and she eradicates the god of war like a bug. Right. Someone she had been she had been doing a ridiculous fight with for about ten minutes prior to that, and as soon as she announces that she chooses love, he's gone. He's gone like a really good metaphor.
1: Now what about and, like oh go ahead.
2: And in and, and Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange says the second highest form, which is if someone wants to hurt themselves by trying to hurt you as a kung fu student, you'll help. And there's a moment, there's first of all, Dormammu, I have come to bargain which is a very Kung Fu thing to do, but then the thing he says to the villain, Mads Mickelson at the end of Doctor Strange was, I got you, I gave you what you wanted, you won't like it. That's just like pure Kung Fu. That's like they, they took a Kung Fu text and copied from it.
0: Uh, now,
1: this, what do you, how do you feel about Infinity War? How does Kung Fu fit into Infinity War?
2: Well, again, I, I said to my friends when I went to see it, Listen to Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange will cut through all the posturing and all the badassery. Uh, As I say in my little little classes, I'm not interested in how tough you are. I'm interested in how smart you are. And in the case of Dr. Strange, he tells it flat out. He's checked all the variables that they could do. There's only one that will work, and that's what he chooses to pursue. And so while he disappears, he also knows that the end game, if you'll excuse the expression, because that's apparently the title of the uh, sequel, unless that got out too fast, so they may change the title. The end game is going to be what Doctor Strange saw and what he's directing everyone to do, which is to find a better way, uh, which is the, one of the other things that he said throughout his own movie, Doctor Strange. There's got to be a better way than just making a fist and punching each other ridiculously. And that's all Kung Fu. Martial arts is punching each other in the face ridiculously. Kung Fu is finding the better way. To be effective rather than badass. And really, shouldn't you strive to be good ass? I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you think there are notes in the American studio saying we want less Kung Fu in our movies? And more
2: wushu? No, uh, <laughs> the The issue I still have I think you know, and I mentioned it at the show, that I I gave a lecture at at Disney Studios last October following last year's Comic-Con, and that was called The Art of Screen Action. And what I was uh, reprimanding reprimanding them for was that... the Disneyland's
1: too expensive?
2: No. uh, (laughs) uh, No. (laughs) No, it's not too expensive. How dare you, Chris? (laughs) (laughs) Chris, you socialist... (laughs) Your children should be working in sweatshops to pay for their visits to Disneyland. Come on. Get with a program, man. Yeah, It's worth it. But in any case, uh, the, yeah, the, uh, the idea is that action scenes should be as exciting as the rest of the movie. What happens, especially in, in Black Panther, which drove me crazy, everybody fought exactly the same. You had no idea why Takala won. Uh, he just does because the script says that he does. People lose their personalities when they start fighting. They also lose their ability to fight in character. They just fight exactly the same as each other. If it's an old man and a young woman, they're fighting exactly the same. And I'm saying, really, this this is the one part of your films that you are no you are not handling with the artistry, as you as you do as you lay on, as you ladle on the rest of the film. There's great artistry in all their movies, but except in the fights, not the action. The Black Panther action was good in terms of the car chases and the the battles in the casino. But the actual one-on-one fights are very unimaginative, very stolid, and unfortunate, and they really should. Basically, you make a good horror movie, people scream. You make a good comedy, they laugh. You make a good drama, they cry. You make a good action film, they sit there and look at their watch. They really should be cheering. Good action makes people cheer. If you go back and look at Die Hard or Lethal Weapon... There's a sense of elation when you watch those scenes because they, they have a purpose, they have a meaning, they have a point. And they also communicate character and plot, which is not something that's happening much right now. I love the little touches of kung fu at the last moment, but those are always preceded by these turgid, drawn-out fight sequences, which are nonsense. I mean, the God of War and Wonder Woman are, are punching each other. They're demigods what's what's the point of punching each other
0: so let me ask you this, Rick what um movies have you seen that are coming out um that i mean the the marvel the m c u example is really great and and the how it very much uses the the philosophy of kung fu what movies or and we've talked about this in the past, but like other countries, uh, Indonesia or whatever, the Philippines are starting to, to have their, their own uh, martial art and or kung fu movies. Who's, who's kind of doing some of the most innovative stuff right now?
2: And are we getting Nobody. another raid movie? Nobody. Nobody. Martial, I mean, again, they're not doing kung fu. They're doing martial arts. Uh, we, had, we had the director and one of the stars of the new Philippine uh, action epic by Bust at the show. Who are awesome people and they're, and they're doing a really good job. But I saw at the New York Asian Film Festival, I saw uh, By Bust in its two hour entirety, and it is a brutal movie. As a matter of fact, when I, I asked uh, Mr. Maddie, director Maddie, uh, his name is Eric Maddie, I, uh, I said, You know, this is like one of your very first action movies. Why did you bite off so much? I mean, you would think that you would try to use the fight scene sparingly. But basically, the last hour of that movie is an extended fight scene that becomes almost Monty Python esque in its, in its extre- extremities, in its extreme nature. And I was going, <laughs>
1: Are you saying that a lot of limbs get chopped off?
2: Oh, more, Oh, much, much more than limbs. We have female characters, young and old, beating each other with broken bottles. Oh, and wow. that's just that's just a small portion. And of course, I also at the show, I had the great Brandon Vera, uh, who continues the tradition of me having uh, MMA uh, champions turned actors in on the panel. Last year, we had Michael Bisping, and we showed the trailer, the new trailer for Triple Threat, which is the movie he's in with Michael Jai White and Scott Atkins mm-hmm. and Tiger Chen and Tony Jaa and Uko Iwas from The Raid, and so he's he has sequences that you know defy, that are delightful in their brutality at one point he picks up a running motorcycle to hurl it onto an opponent it's it's really something <laughs> but like, that's like understandable he, like the hulk yeah but <laughs> but you, you saw brandon he's like the hulk he's a big big guy big muscular guy but this, but an absolute sweetheart and this was his first movie, and he did an amazing job considering what he had to do, because there are no stuntmen in this film.
1: So, so are we going to get another Raid movie?
2: Well, it's an interesting situation. The star of that and the director of that movie are now at odds,
0: which oh. often happens.
2: Yeah, it often happens because it gets to the point like Choi Hark and Jet Li in the Once Upon a Time in China series, where the impression is given by both people that without me, you're nothing. And then, of course, the other person sort of goes, "Well, I'm going to show you." So right. they've uh, they've kind of split up. There will be raid like things because it was so successful. All of the Southeast Asian movies, because of the nature of life in Southeast Asia, and that's the Philippines and Thailand and Indonesia, are it's a it's a tough life. It is it's not always the most pleasant. In Bybust, Bust, Eric Madi's film. He he goes out of his way pointing out the corruption that that the government uh, forces its people into every day, and so and also I've I've met Tony Jaa the uh, star of Bong Fa the Thai warrior several times and the Tony Jaa I met while he was living in Thailand and the Tony Jaa I met while he was working in Los Angeles on the Fast and Furious movies and other movies like that completely different person. I mean he was he was really depressed in Thailand and now he's just kind of can't believe his luck that right. he gets to make movies in the rest of the world and doesn't have to suffer the oppression that he had to suffer in his own country. I, I shouldn't speak for him. I may maybe speaking out of turn. I mean, most people love their countries and well they should, but from my my subjective standpoint, each each martial art, each country, and each cinema in each country reflects the prevailing attitude of either despair, depression, anger, uh, revenge, whatever. But kung fu is not about any of those things. So they're not going to do kung fu. Music. They're going to do martial art. Music.
1: Are there any kung fu movies uh, anywhere in Asia on the horizon?
2: Nope. Because wow. at this point... In Hollywood, well, that's not absolutely true. There's one or two that might be interesting uh, that are done by old school guys who are still working in Hong Kong because it's like Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan are like uh, Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly. They're the last of their kind. Right. Nobody is coming to replace them. So they get to do their thing because they enjoy it and they have enough power and uh, respect from the government. I mean, they're not going to mess with Jackie Chan. The Chinese government loves him. And, and consider him a great representative for their for their point of view. And he's still so making he's still making movies. He's still making like two a year. Yeah, wow. If, if not more, they're not great, but he's doing them, and he's still Jackie. And supposedly he's he's got a movie now. Uh, who, who's he fighting? Oh, he's fighting Donnie Yen, I think, in Ip Man Four, Master Z, which I was going to show at the Comic Con Extravaganza, but China kind of didn't let me. Uh, that has some. That has Max Zhang and Michelle Yeoh and Dave Bautista and Tony Ja again, and that has some lovely stuff in it. But for the most part, they have to just the way in the scene I, the first scene I showed from Wolf Warrior Two, I showed how Jackie Wu Jing, who I always thought would be a superstar, disguises his kung fu in such a way that the, the government can't say, "Oh, you're doing kung fu." No, no, I'm just doing an underwater fight. That's all I'm doing. No, no, it's not Kung Fu. So it's it's interesting how everyone who's working in that field is trying to do it in a way that the government can't uh, call them on it or, or cause them problems.
0: Oh, uh, interesting. That makes really, I mean, we've sort of been talking, we've been having this discussion kind of with you once a year for the last several years, basically, mm-hmm. of, of this, how the Chinese government has been, you know, slowly sort of uh, <coughs> pushing aside, you know, Kung Fu. And then also, you know, we've we've talked about some of the interesting and, and fun movies that have come out of Southeast Asia, but as you say, oftentimes they're more martial art, which the problem is there's nothing wrong with a good martial art movie. It's just when there's no good authentic Kung Fu movies anymore, that's where... The problem is, I guess. What well, about, what about no, the
2: fantasy? Yes no. What about
1: the fantasy kung fu movies, like you know the well, monkeys those are, those and all those?
2: Re- the ones with all the
1: a... uh, the giant special effects in them.
2: Well, the problem is they require knowledge, usually of Chinese history and Chinese mythology, which not a lot of Americans have. And by the way, Graham, I mean, uh, I really liked uh, uh, John Wick two, much more than I like John Wick one, Mm. because it's very clearly a Japanese samurai movie. It's not a Chinese Kung Fu movie. It's a Japanese samurai movie. And as such, it works extremely well. And we are living in an age right now where people are concerned and a little worried. And uh, they're going to, and I think the cinema reflects that concern with movies that are about, brutality as opposed to finding a way out of brutality. Because it seems both sides of the political spectrum now are are throwing little tantrums and uh, pouting and, you know, pointing fingers, and nobody is trying to find the higher road or the better way. So, of course, cinema is going to reflect that. If uh, things happen in a couple of years that uh, where the filmmakers think that people should revel in solutions rather than wallowing in problems then that may change but for now i've always felt that entertainment is an extension of what the filmmakers think the audience wants or need
0: i think that's an interesting i think that's an interesting point because i've started to notice this even just in like episodic um even on the streaming or the networks and a lot of times the the lead or the hero is always just the worst person they're right. awful, or awful they're awful fa- they're bro- they're broke or even the comedies are like oh i'm so shitty isn't it hilarious <laughs> that i'm so shitty um and there isn't a lot of like when i grew up now when i grew when we grew up all of the heroes were white males. That was, that was a very <laughs> u- uneven problem. But at least I remember, like, Captain Kirk, Steve McGarrett, <laughs> these guys were going to do the right thing. They were going to solve right. the crime. They were going well, to make things better.
1: That distinction is still well uh, alive and in effect in the separation between network and cable television. You know, when you have network television, you still have all of those um, old school dynamics in place, everything from Grey's Anatomy to Big Bang Theory. You have all these classic tropes and likable characters, whereas then as soon as you go to cable, you get Breaking Bad or streaming, you get Narcos. Well, there's
0: like scandal and hold on. Yeah, go ahead, Rick.
2: You think you think uh, Jim Parsons character in the Big Bang Theory is likable? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: comparatively He's speaking unlikable well compared there- comparatively speaking to like say a show like always sunny in philadelphia where you have like you know deliberately True. unlikable characters that are played for for laughs
2: however however this last week while we were waiting for the extravaganza i saw hotel transylvania 3 and skyscraper and so that rem- both of those movies reminded me of their old-fashioned morality kind of Saturday matinee serial kind of feelings that you guys can – we can all make various points. But the reality is there is so much entertainment now that there literally is something for everyone. Yeah, that's
0: Whether true. You- uh, I, I, I think, though – what maybe we're all saying, and I, I don't mean to put words in all, you, the other two, you guys' mouths, but I think sort of, at least for me, what I'm longing for is more of, like, kung fu hustle.
1: Yeah, Steve, uh, yeah speaking of that, where, what happened to Stephen Chow?
2: Stephen Chow went to work for the government. Uh, he, um. but, but I believe he did that specifically so he had the freedom to make his next two movies. But Stephen Chow, as you know, I interviewed Stephen Chow on the Kung Fu Hustle DVD. I love and Kung so Fu I've Hustle. had I've had several extended conversations with Stephen, and he is extremely smart, he is extremely artistic, he has suffered a lot from a lot of studios, executives, and even back in the day when the triad gangsters were running the Hong Kong film industry. So Stephen is not going to go off, if you'll excuse the expression, half-cocked. He's going to mm-hmm. make plans and as he said to me when we were talking about what he would follow up Kung Fu Hustle with, I'm going to do what I, what I want to do, and nobody's going to rush me. And so now he's got, I believe, The Mermaid 2, which was an astonishing comedy, uh, fantasy comedy, which basically condemned the Chinese people for polluting the world and for being selfish and spoiled, which was pretty astonishing, So that's why I think he went to work for the government advisory board so he could work on them, so he could have the freedom, unlike virtually anyone else working in that area at the moment, to make the movie he wants to make. Because the point I, I was going to make before is not that they're taking away the kung fu. That's not the only thing the Chinese are doing. They have always, and they will continue to, and ask anybody in Hong Kong and they'll tell you, they take away freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the big difference, Graham. The big difference between America and China is that in America, you can say what you want. And I don't. And, you know, of course, our leader may come after you with a Twitter, but he's not going to come after you with a tank yet.
0: Well, I mean, that's a, I'd love to have you on political vigilante, and I we can debate the finer points of that because I could give you some examples where I would. But um, what? Um,
1: I, I, well, let's let's stick with Stephen Chow because this is really interesting. Like you know, he made like uh, Shaolin Soccer, Kung Fu Hustle, and these were deep, deep, uh,
0: beautiful, uh, beautiful
1: films. But with also with the kung fu philosophy. But then he made like a weird kids movie. He made the Mermaid movie. Didn't he also make the Journey into the West movies?
2: Yes, and those were awesome. They were, uh, you know, one thing. There's two of, of them, right? Yeah, there's two movies. Although I don't believe he directed the second one. I'll have to check with Frank Jen, who's on the panel, mm-hmm. the master remaster from Tai Seng, uh as to whether he directed the second Journey to the West movie. But, but again, Stephen does what he wants to do, and that means that if he doesn't, basically, really, Shaolin soccer and kung fu hustle. What more can you say? Right.
1: So you'll just he, be repeating yourself. So he's allowed to. Uh, if he wants to, he's allowed to make a movie with Kung Fu in it. Is that, is that accurate? No. No.
2: No, that's not accurate. Okay. I mean, no one is allowed to do anything. But Stephen is very, <laughs> Stephen is, is very smart. And he, mm-hmm. will, he will maneuver and manipulate and, and do what needs to be done to make the movie he wants to make, or he won't make the movie. Ah. He, doesn't, he doesn't have to rush. He's not trying to maintain his career. What's as up? far as he's concerned, he's done He's done it all.
1: Well, what's up next for him? Do you have anything on the horizon for him?
2: Well, The Mermaid 2, and uh-huh. there's another one that is as yet unnamed, and the subject matter has not been revealed and may never actually happen because Stephen does what he wants when he wants to, and he has nothing left to prove to anybody. Could you so ask just, him
1: to make Kung Fu Hustle 2? <laughs>
2: No, so, I asked, you want to know how you want to know how selfish I am. I asked him to make Dragons on Fire, the uh, adaptation, a live action adaptation of my upcoming uh, graphic novel with Mike Oming, the artist of powers. That's what I asked him to do. <laughs> and he said, send it to me. Send it. To me. Oh, well, there so you I, go. I sent it to
0: him and mm-hmm. I haven't heard. It, so, <laughs> well, let's get into He's this not. then. What what. You know, books... Way or, to get a plug in there, too, by nice the way. Nice plug. Uh, that was very smooth. Um, <laughs> what, what sort of books or stories or graphic novels out there would you love to see, you know, that are kung fu-themed, obviously, that you would love to see made into a feature film, and who would you like to see do them?
2: Oh, geez. Um, I, you know, I, I hate this phrase, and I apologize for this phrase. To be honest, Graham...
1: Like I I should start
2: lying right now. It, I feel the way about kung fu movies that that I feel about mysteries and science fiction novels, which is it's all been done. At this point, you know, if you're going to go, you you've had a delicious steak, you've enjoyed it immensely, the best steak you ever had. From now on, whenever you have a steak, all you're really doing is trying to recreate the sensation of having that first steak. So at this point, the great, the works of La Young, who made 36 Chambers Shaolin, Mad Monkey Kung Kung Fu, executioners from Shaolin, and uh, Legendary Weapons of China, Eight Diagram Pole Fighter, he's done it all. You can't improve upon him. Same thing with Jackie. The same thing with Sammo Hung. Uh, These guys, Stephen Chow. They've done it. Well, don't so you think there's I,
1: another innovative artist waiting in the wings that, you know, could tell a story that hasn't been told before using he's, Kung Fu? Yes,
2: and he's and he's there, and I show clips from his movies whenever they come out. But again, he takes a long time. His name is Zhu Huang Feng, and he made uh, Judge Archer, The Sword Identity, and The Final Master, which I think is the best Kung Fu movie of the last probably 10 years. And I showed that extended Finale clip from the final master. In fact, I believe I showed it twice two years ago. But he, but again, he's kind of <laughs> the impression I get now is he's he, because he dared to make those movies and somehow tricked or maneuvered or manipulated the uh, government to re- allow them to be released. I think they're punishing him now.
0: Well, I, I want to go back to the the statement you made here about you know the, the all the great works have been done. And I, I, I agree with that up to a point, but where I don't agree with that is these two, these two reasons, which are, look, I love a good heist movie. <laughs> I love a good heist movie. just And you keep making interesting versions of them. I'm going to keep watching them. So <laughs> um, the other thing is, obviously, I love samurai movies. If you keep making interesting ones, uh, The Immortal Blade, you want to make that? I'm in. Um, well, of course, but also too, I but, want to say this though: there's a younger viewing audience that didn't yes. get these. So, like, we didn't grow up. I, I at least didn't. Chris and I didn't grow up with the, the uh, Saturday matinee movie westerns. That was beyond our era. So we got right. Star Wars. You know, right. like we we I didn't I didn't watch the Searchers till I was a film student in college. You know, right. so so I think there's a whole bunch of kids out there that would love. I mean, obviously it's great. Like, I, I want to show my, you know, I wa- made my nephews watch Enter the Dragon. You know, <laughs> I was right. like, you guys need to watch this. Boards don't hit back. You know, they're all young kids starting studying martial arts, and I want them to know this. Right. Yes, yeah, show them the classics, but they need, they need that movie. You know, my first entree into Buddhism was Yoda, was the force. <laughs> right. You know, so they need
2: those movies to keep being made. To I get, agree. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, but the the big difference again between samurai and westerns, and by the way, you know the wuxia movies are basically the easterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're sword slingers rather than gun slingers, mm-hmm. and that's and that's all fine. But the big difference between those films and classic Chinese, or not even Chinese, but just kung fu movies, is it's very similar to the allusion I made before with musicals, which is Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly. They still have a lot of musicals. They still have a lot of dance uh, mu- movies, but nothing like Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire because they were uniquely talented, and you saw them, you and uh, you saw them do what they do brilliantly, and nobody could recreate it, and nobody could replace them. And that's the same sort of thing that's happening now with Jackie and Bruce and Samo, that they are getting older and nobody's stepping up to replace them. In fact, that scene I showed from Paradox, where Louis Koo, who knows no real kung fu at all, mm-hmm. was obviously directed by Sam O'Hung to make it look like he knew kung fu, but it was brutal, and it was more martial arts than kung fu, and it got more and more brutal. Same thing with buy bust Same thing with, jeez, I mean, so uh, uh, John Wick 2, Atomic Blonde, um, what's that, uh, what was the uh, Red Sparrow? All of these movies are just wallowing in what I call physiology-free brutality, <laughs> where it's like it's like two kids in the backyard playing cops and robbers, where they they're constantly punching each other in the face, but the other person does not react to the punch. Well, that's course, actually a punch. A that's, stage punch.
1: that's actually why I liked Atomic Blonde. You know, when um, Charlize Theron got hit, she got a bruise, and she got you could you could actually see her um, react to those hits. And then uh, that stairwell fight I thought was amazing.
2: It wasn't amazing. I It was amazing, but it was amazing out of context because that stairway fight had nothing to do with the Atomic Blonde who appeared at the beginning of the film or at the end of the film. You know, I mean, at the one in the beginning at the end of the film was consummate fighter, knew what she was doing, and the one on the stairway was a complete punching bag. <laughs> so I I'm hoping to talk to the director of that movie, maybe sometime during the rest of the uh, San Diego Comic-Con, and say, did they take the editing of that away from you? Because mm. it, it's so disjointed with, with flashbacks inside flashbacks, inside of double crosses, inside of quadruple crosses, that it stops making any sort of actual sense. What if he answers,
1: the answer is, I edited it myself. What are you getting at, Rick?
2: <laughs> I will tell him. Well, listen, I'm known as the anvil for a reason. I have, no, when I'm talking to filmmakers, I have no fear.
1: I mean,
2: I mean, I've gotten so many stories from so many stunt guys, and some of the stories that were told at the uh, panel from from people from the Philippines and Mumbai and uh, other other places where they they make action films. Uh, they they like talking about this, and they're always they're always victimized by the producers. Uh, After they finish, I mean, they. If I've heard so many stories about great fight scenes being made and then being re-edited by the producer,
0: right?
1: Oh, right, right, right. So that can change the way it was meant to be choreographed
2: completely, Mm -hmm. totally.
1: So, all right. Well, let's. uh, You want to wrap this up a little bit? What 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 are you most excited about uh, on the horizon, Rick?
2: Oh, geez. Well, again, in Marvel, I trust. I mean. In in Disney, I trust. In Pixar, I trust. Uh, I'm looking forward enormously, and I'm sorry I haven't seen it already. To Mission Impossible Fallout, which the advance word is like, wow, why even bother doing James Bond again? Uh, but What's, I'm also really.
1: It's coming out uh, July, 27th July 27th next yeah. week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm also super. When I went when I went and did that speech at Disney, they had these storyboards up for Ralph Rex the Internet, and if. The finished movie is anything like what I saw. We are in for an astonishing delight.
1: Oh, great. I'm looking forward to it.
2: They're being extremely careful, like with Inside Out and other movies, to not tell you what the actual plot is. Mm -hmm. And just think about what a toxic zone the Internet has become. And just imagine what some smart Disney animators could do with that. (laughs)
0: the trailer looks looks fantastic and uh yeah i am very excited and i I feel the same way like i just especially having just watched we just did a spoiler up on ant-man and the wasp and man they they, that was another i listened to it that was great it It was was really fun. fun
2: I, I, it was fun with a fabulous stinger at the end. The wasp had a little stinger at the end, yes, didn't she? Yes, yes she did. So, <laughs> so I'm also Captain Marvel, uh, Infinity War Part Two, or Avengers Four, or whatever they call it. Endgame. I'm praying that Aquaman is not awful, and I'm praying that Wonder Woman Two isn't ruined. But I'm not. I don't hold up a lot of hope for them. But I do. I am looking forward to. Well, there's always so
1: the uh, there's always the solo Joker movies that uh, sound great, that are coming out. Or,
2: the, or better yet, the Joker, <laughs> the Joker solo movie. I have a, I have another, I have another uh, uh, tagline for you: Han shot first, solo shot last. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I I gotta say, yeah. I have I when I saw the first Wonder Woman, I went. I bet you this franchise. Will be able to operate
1: independently, independently,
0: <laughs> and will be uh, we, like they're gonna. It's just, and because it was such a runaway hit, and it just was like a, a lightning rod for young girls, and so I feel like it's gonna be able. They won't, DC won't come in and fuck that one up, right? Is no. what I feel like. At least I hope so, because I love the first. Oh, one. you,
1: you know, oh,
2: you. Uh- you have too much faith. Because, you know,
1: <laughs> honestly, there was a shakeup over there. Again, remember when I said, well, they should just put Jeff Johns in charge of the DC Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe? And for a short time, they did. But they put him in charge with, like, other executives. Uh, now he's been released of his duties.
2: Chris, so, Chris, you can't worry about who was fired. You have to worry about who fired them. Because... <laughs> The ones who fired them are still there. Right. And and my understanding is they're the ones who keep coming in like the Chinese government and making suggestions that cannot be denied. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, All right. Well, that's cool, man. Well, well, that's uh, I think that's. Anything that's else? our, uh, you know,
1: we love doing this episode every year, Rick. We love your perspectives and your uh, your previews. So we'll uh, we always like to see how they play out as the year goes, and uh, you know, be on the lookout for those thousand uh, titles that Rick uh, dropped on you within the last yeah,
0: hour. Yeah, 4, telling you, Master Z, Mermaid Two, among others.
2: And I'm telling you, Graham, if you ever pull a samurai sword on come at me, I have no that's choice. Chris. That was yeah. Chris. I was not being furtive. I was being very direct.
1: I know which side to sit on with Graham. There so. you go. I know where his blind spots are.
0: <laughs> well, Rick, uh, great to see you at Comic-Con. Great to have you on the show, as always. Uh, and, of course, you know, if you ever get to L.A. more than once a year, please let us know. Yeah, we we'll have on. you on again. Yeah, we'll, we'll double do, up. We'll do a spoiler rep of something, whatever you come awesome. to town for. So. Um, and are you going to keep doing the superhero kung fu
2: extravaganza? That's not up to me anymore. It's okay. not up to me. It's it's right now. I I want to I want to do a shout out to Wellgo USA, mm. who just did an astonishing job. I mean, as of this recording, we have yet to you have yet to come to the panel where I'm introducing Rizzo and his new movie Cutthroat City, and he's bringing along his cast, which includes Wesley Snipes as well as some of the Wu-Tang clan, including Method Man and T.I., uh. and I'm about to have art palpitations. <laughs> <'cause>
1: they, <laughs>
2: they asked me to introduce him and to talk to um, him about martial arts and kung fu. And so let's, let's. but Welgo made that happen. Uh. Welgo made the, the uh, extravaganza happen this year. All the clips. If you really want to see the movies that I showed at this, uh, this year's event, just go to WelgoUSA.com. Just check out every single film I showed this year comes from them. They are the, they are the, they're the real deal. They're the number one. They are the only game in town when it comes to great Asian movies. And there was one that I showed a preview to, uh, which which is called Along with the Gods. Because while the Chinese have told the their filmmakers that they can't have ghosts and they can't have <laughs> uh, afterlife, the the Koreans have stepped up and they've made an amazing two-part. A movie called along with the gods about a fireman who has to prove himself to the people who are taking care of his afterlife it's a it's just a wonderful movie it doesn't have the science, the kind of action that I show in my in, in my extravaganza but it is a great movie in well go USA and also you noticed I, I thought you enjoyed this the most Graham is I had that extended fight sequence from a Russian historical film yes mm. Yes. And, and that and and the guy learns during that sequence how to use two swords at the same time so there is great hope for other cultures all of these movies but check out well go usa you will you will not be sorry.
1: So no ghosts, no kung fu, and uh,
2: <laughs> no, no war or weapons. <laughs> no, no war, or, war weapons. or weapons.
1: Yeah. All right. It's, uh, all right.
0: It sounds like that John Cusack scene Don't Say Anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to make anything purchase. purchase anything made. Can't process anything sold or processed. Uh, all right. Well, Rick Myers, thank you so much. Where can people find you online?
2: Well, interestingly, you can always get me on my podcast, which is www.actionfilmautopsy.com. And my my website is down, but is being remastered, and we hope to have it back up better than ever. www.rickmyers.com, R-I-C-M-E-Y-E-R-S. Leave the, the K off of Rick for Karma. And uh, <laughs> and of course the Facebook. I'm on Goodreads now. I have my own Amazon author page. I'm having fun. <laughs> awesome! All right. well, sounds great,
0: Rick. Thank you so much. Always great to see you, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. See
2: you again. Yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Remember, Han Han shot shot first. First. No ghosts. Solo
2: shot last. (laughs)